The year was 1986, and Ronald Reagan was president. I was eight years old, and uh, only the rich kids had Nintendo, and my, my sister had those pink jelly shoes, and I think those pink jelly shoes are coming back in now, too. Um, but we lived right near Peter Reader Park over in Cherville, and I have a lot of memories at that house. Uh, when I was eight years old, my little brother was four years old, my little sister was six, and my older sister, Yvonne, was 12 years old. And uh, some of you know, Peter Reader Park is kind of within walking distance of Hammond Baptist, so we would walk to school as little kids. Uh, but lots of memories in that house. I think our kitchen had a yellow refrigerator, it had brown and orange wallpaper, had the dark brown cabinets, and uh, how many of your kitchen still looks like that? <laughs> no, uh, but th that kitchen was uh, like a 1970s, 1980s kitchen, and I have a lot of memories. It had the, the light brown uh, butcher block Formica countertop, and just lots of memories in that kitchen and in that house. Uh, my, my little brother, at the time he was four years old, and my, my mom had some jalapenos in the bottom of that refrigerator, and he didn't know what those were, so I, I, uh, I must have had a little ornery streak, but I told him, I said, Joey, these are super good, and he, he put it in his mouth, took a big bite, and uh, I got in trouble for that for sure. <laughs> um, but so many different things, I, my uh, dad had bought, and I, I'm not even sure exactly how this was legal in the town of Sheriff, but he bought a chicken, and we had a pet chicken, and his name was Jonathan, and so we, we fed this uh, chicken for probably for several months, like the whole, whole summer we had this pet, and I loved Jonathan, and then uh, one day my dad said, it's time to butcher Jonathan. <laughs> so that night we had supper, we ate uh, Jonathan, we ate my pet for supper, and I was so uh, sick to my stomach. Uh, we, I couldn't even eat that night because we were eating our pet chicken. Uh, anyways, and back then, the town of Cherville even had a little feed store where you could go buy feed. I, it's not exactly like that now, but um, 1986, I also was thinking uh, one time I was a paper boy at the time. That was back when you could, all the carriers would, they would uh, drop off bundles to the carriers and then they would let uh, Little boys could be paper boys back then. Nowadays, it's like people have 300 newspapers and they drive a car all around. But back then, I would drive my bicycle around. I had about probably 50 papers to deliver, and I had baskets on my bike. And uh, my dad would, would uh, get me out of bed, and I would go around and deliver these papers. Now, sometimes, you know, with school and other things, you'd be tired. And one time, I wasn't paying attention and just riding my bike and looked up and all of a sudden uh, hit right, went into the, right at the back of a parked car. And uh, that's when you're having a bad day. You know? <laughs> Several memories, though. One time uh, I had a BB gun, and one time I saw my older sister up in the tree, and uh, I was practicing with my BB gun, and she came running into the house uh, screaming and said, Mom, I got stung by a bee. And uh, my parents never knew any different. <laughs> uh, so I did have a little bit of an ornery streak back then. Uh, anyways, uh, my mom, one time she made asparagus soup and we're all sitting around the, that little kitchen we had a little table inside that kitchen in Cherville and she made this green creamy asparagus soup and uh, none of us would eat it and so my dad my mom left the room and uh, she was pretty disappointed nobody was touching her supper that night and my dad said I'll give the first one of you a five dollar bill whoever finishes their soup first <laughs> uh, I won the five dollars <laughs> um, but anyways, my mom, uh, she didn't find out about that until a long time later. But I have a lot, of, a lot of good memories in that house. I think of, as a four-year-old boy, in the living room of that house, my dad 
opened the Word of God and uh, led me to the Lord. I trusted Christ as a little four-year-old boy. Um, also, uh, I remember seeing a family picture in the living room, picture of my mom, and she uh, had a lot of health issues uh, back then, and she had a lung condition called sarcoidosis. And I remember just crying one time. It was uh, Patch the Pirate music was popular, and we had this record player, and we were playing Patch the Pirate, and uh, just kind of uh, somber. And I asked my dad, my, she had to go to uh, Mayo Clinic and to get some testing, and I said to my dad, is mommy going to die? And just a lot of memories, the, the, the watching my parents uh, Judson and Vicki Mitchell, how they handled the, the trials of life. And it was in that same little house in Cherville that my sister Yvonne, she was about 12 years old at that time, just starting Hammond Baptist Junior High, 1986, 1987, uh, when she came down with some uh, mental illness. And just prior to that, Yvonne had written a, a song, and she dedicated it to my mom because of my mom's health problems, and she called this song, uh, Jesus Gives Us Trials That Are Hard to Bear. And later on, when Yvonne ended up getting sick, we, we ended up claiming that the words of that song, we claimed it as Yvonne's song, and because Yvonne ended up, my mom went into remission and got better. But the, the words of that song, it says, Jesus gives us trials that are hard to bear. Jesus gives us trials just because he cares. We don't understand why he gives them to us, but Jesus wants us closer to him. Uh, my siblings, my brother Joe, myself, we watched how my parents dealt with sickness and severe setbacks and many disappointments. And uh, as a little boy, I just always wanted to please my dad, always wanted to please my father. And uh, there's many people out here, there's uh, graduates now, I know the young people are here, the, the teenagers, even young adults, married couples, I think of singles. And at some point in my life, you know, I had to decide to transfer that love that I wanted to please my dad. I, wanted, I, I had to transfer that to pleasing my heavenly father. And I encourage each of you to, to transfer that, that love to your heavenly father. In junior high, my, my friends always said, Jack, you've got the coolest dad. And we, the birthday parties one time, there used to be a sport mart and he took us out and bought street hockey pucks and we played uh, hockey out in the parking lot for an hour. And then we went to South Lake Mall and took all the coins out of the fountain and then threw them back in. And uh, my, my friends just loved the, the birthday parties that we did. And I, I loved my dad. I always wanted to please my dad. And uh, my little brother, that little four-year-old boy, Joey, he grew up. And as my dad followed God's will for his life, Joey followed God's leading in his life also. He went to Bible college, met his wife, and Joey recently celebrated 20 years in the ministry over at Brother Tebow's church at uh, Bayview Baptist Church in Washington, Illinois. And uh, along with the victories that, that we've seen and the victories that my brother has seen, there's been many setbacks. Along with the good times, there's been many storms. And I'd like you to put the first Bible verse up there on the screen today. It says here, the preparations of the heart and man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And I think the Lord was preparing as a little boy and uh, in, the, in the life of my brother and in my own life, I believe the Lord was preparing us as we grew up in the home of Judson and Vicki Mitchell and watched them deal with a handicapped sister. And now for my brother Joe and his wife Becca, they, uh, they have a little bit baby that uh, when he was six months old, he was uh, completely normal, came down with what's called uh, encephalitis to the brain. It was a swelling of the brain and ended up getting diagnosed with cerebral palsy. He was in the hospital for a while, thought he was going to pass away. And 
for years, they've taken care of this, this handicapped boy. He has seizures. He's got a, a helmet. Uh, they have to, many times they'll push him around in a, in a stroller. As it, now he's 18 years old. And uh, just a few months ago, he, he stopped eating for some reason, and they couldn't figure out that he had lots of uh, surgery in, on his mouth, and then he stopped having an appetite, so then they ended up having to put a G-tube in to feed him. They, they have to feed this 18-year-old boy now. He's about the same size as me, uh, height-wise, and they have to feed him five times a day. And uh, just as I was thinking in preparing this, this message today, that the Lord used... Uh, the, the testings that my parents went through in the life of my brother to, for him to uh, see how did they handle uh, trials, how did they handle someone uh, going through severe illness, and now they're, uh, they're dealing with a, a young boy with cerebral palsy into his adulthood. On Mother's Day this past Sunday, uh, Sunday night, they had to take him back to Lurie's Children's Hospital with an infection in his G-tube, and then he was having a brand new 20-minute seizure that they couldn't figure out and drove all the way to uh, Chicago that night. And then uh, yesterday he was able to get released. They, they couldn't figure out what the seizure stopped, but they couldn't figure out what it was. So uh, praise the Lord, he's back home again. But just an ongoing thing, and I, I was thinking many of you out here, you've got graduates, people graduating, and uh, this, this is probably the time of year uh, with Jason, my nephew, being 18 years old, the, as his parents should be celebrating graduation, they should be watching him graduate, but instead they're taking him to the children's hospital still. And uh, were there victories? Yes. There's been victory, success, yes. Good times, yes. And, but it didn't come without the storms. I'd like to talk to you this evening. If you can get your Bibles out and turn to Psalm chapter 27. And uh, each of us, if we were to go around the room, I could, I could pass this microphone around and let each of you share your story. Everybody has a story. And some of you, you say, well, I don't have any storms or I haven't had any trials yet, but uh, your time will be coming. And I hope that this message this evening will help uh, how to handle the storms in life. One of the most encouraging chapters to me when it comes to some storms that I have dealt with in my own life is Psalms chapter 27. Somebody once said, if all of our problems were hung on a line, you'd take yours and I'd take mine. And as we look here, I want us to read just a couple verses together in Psalm 27. Let's, let's read verse 1 out loud together. Ready? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Right there, the, the song the young people sang about just choosing to trust the Lord. Of whom shall I be afraid? Then verse 2, it says, When the wicked, even my enemies, my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of enemies, a lot of critics, a lot of haters of the things of the Lord, haters of church. But if you keep reading here, it talks about the, the house of the Lord. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. And I thank God for the local church. I thank God for the stability of the local church. Verse 5, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And I think of the stability, the strength of a rock in the local church in our life, the importance of the local church. Verse 6, and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in this tabern his tabernacle 
sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Let's read verse eight together out loud, ready? When thou saidst, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Then I'll keep reading here. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Thank God he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Verse 10, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. People on this earth will forsake you. People will either pass away, they'll move away. And this verse is talking about humanity, that when, when father and mother forsake, the Lord will take you up. Verse 11, teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. And then let's read the last two verses out loud together. Ready? I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I'd like to talk to you today, just a few minutes, uh, probably be brief, but what to do in the storms of life. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you. I pray that you'd give us your mind today. Give us your Holy Spirit. And I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people who are here this evening, people who love you, many families who have a heart to raise their children up in the ways of the Lord. And I pray as we come down to the end of a season here with graduations coming up with Hammond Baptist and City Baptist that you would bless the seniors, bless our young people. I think of this summer, I pray you'd help our young people to make good decisions when it comes to jobs. I pray you'd keep our young people clean and pure. Be with the parents, help them to make good decisions. Thank you for the the senior saints and so many people who've just been a rock and an example in this church, and I thank you for them and many everyone who's here this evening. I pray you'd give us your mind and all that we do. Give us your Holy Spirit in your name. Amen. Again, I could take this microphone around and I could let each of you share a story that many of you have been through storms, you're going through storms, some of you are in the middle of a storm, and maybe some of you, maybe uh, you're still at a point as a young person where you haven't really had uh, that that much going on. I remember one time coming home from Hammond Baptist uh, when, when our kids were super little in grade school and uh, the two older kids were talking about a problem they had at school and I think Eric was probably in kindergarten at that time and, and he said, uh, Mom and Dad, I, I'm only in kindergarten. I, I don't have a rough life yet. So <laughs> just the way he said it, I don't have a rough life yet, but each of us uh, will get to that point in life where the storms will come. If you look, keep your Bible open there to Psalm 27, much of Psalm 27 is a prayer of David. And I didn't know, when Pastor Wilkson asked me to speak, I didn't know that my uh, brother's son would be going back into the hospital just in the last couple days. But number one, if you want to put up there on, this, on the PowerPoint, I've got a couple uh, points this evening. Number one, in the storms, practice prayer. In the storms, practice prayer. When you find a, that you're in the middle of a storm, I think of the Bible verse, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I'll put that next quote up there. When a few weeks ago, when we found out my nephew was going into the hospital there in Chicago, my sister-in-law, her name is Becca, uh, she texted me a little quote here from Corey Timboom. It says, the wonderful thing about praying is that you leave a world of not being able to do something and enter God's realm where everything is possible. He specializes in the impossible. Nothing is too great for his almighty power. Nothing is too small for his love. And if you know the story of Corey Timboom, she helped 
the, the Jews escape from the Nazis until she got caught, and then she went into a concentration camp, and she uh, probably wrote that she came close to the Lord during that time and probably wrote that quote there. Uh, when, when things are completely out of our control, that's a time to bring it in prayer to God. Uh, ask him to help. Ask, uh, commit it to prayer. I'm, I'm so thankful that Pastor Wilkerson it takes time in every service, has an emphasis of prayer here at First Baptist. He, he often says, our, this house shall, the Lord's house shall be a house of prayer. And I, I appreciate that. But not just, you know, during the services. It's, it's great to get alone. Uh, the other day, just uh, I was out in the country and sometimes just getting away from all the hustle and bustle and uh, just talking to the Lord. In the storms, practice prayer. Number two, the next thing, in the storms, practice patience before you open your mouth. Go, look back with me at Psalm 27, at the very last verse there. It says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord, it's, it's easy to preach about, it's easy to say have patience, but when you actually have to live it and have patience, it's, it's one of the hardest things to do, to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. I remember as a teenager, Brother uh, Lapina used to have us sing that when he was our youth pastor. We'd sing that song. Uh, we would have a thing called Young Fundamentalist right before the evening service, and we'd, we'd sing uh, that song over and over again, a uh, scripture verse. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So often when we're going through a problem, we kind of just jump to a conclusion I think of the verse in Hebrews 12, 15 about beware lest a root of bitterness spring up and many be defiled. Sometimes we can be going through life and the storms of life can just kind of hit us and we're not expecting it. And, uh, and we think, we, we tell ourselves, I'm not bitter. It doesn't affect me. I'm not bitter. But that root of bitterness is right there, right in front of us. And it kind of sprung up. And we need to make sure that we're not bitter. In the storms, practice patience before we open our mouth. Put the next slide up there. This is from Philippians 4.8, and it's talking about uh, thinking on the right things. Uh, whatsoever things are, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And uh, the input, what we have inside of us, that's what's going to come out. And if you see there, Dr. Cowling has this little saying called the jipple, and then the GRs, the, the jipple gur, I guess. But if you look at the first letter that are, the, I put them in yellow there on the verse, but each of those things, the jipple gur, thinking on true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, all of these things, uh, the, what we're putting inside, that's what's going to come out. Put the next slide up there. So you're holding a cup of coffee. How many of you are coffee drinkers? Um, I, I don't normally drink it cold, but I do like coffee. I have it a couple times a day. My grandma lived to be 96, and she would drink a cup before she went to bed every night. And so uh, anyways, Dr. Seamer said coffee's not bad as long as it's not more than four or five cups a day. So I think we're okay. He, he's a doctor. So, <laughs> Anyways, this picture up here, you're holding a cup of coffee when someone comes along and bumps into you or shakes your arm, making you spill your coffee everywhere. Why did you spill the coffee? Because somebody bumped into me. That's the logical answer, uh, but it's not the accurate answer. You spilled the coffee because there was coffee in your cup. Had there been tea in your cup, you would have spilled tea. Whatever is inside the cup is what will spill out. And uh, when life comes along and shakes you, which will happen, whatever inside, is inside of you will come out. 
And it's easy to fake it, fake it until we get rattled. So we must ask ourselves, what's in my cup? When life gets tough, what spills over? The thejipple we just talked about, joy, gratefulness, peace, humility, or do other things? Does, does that root of bitterness come out? Anger, harsh words, reactions. God provides the cup, but we choose how to fill it. And today, let's work towards filling our cups with gratitude, forgiveness, joy, words of affirmation, kindness, gentleness, and love for others. So ask yourself, what's inside? When the storms of life come, what's inside? Do I need to do some, some self-examination? Do I have patience in the storms? Practice patience before you open your mouth. Number three, next one. In the storms, trust the Lord. In the storms, trust the Lord. That song they just sang to choose to trust the Lord. And if you look back in Psalm 27, verse 1, uh, the verse we just read, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And there can be craziness going around all around us, but we need to learn to trust the Lord. Another memory I have in that little house in Sherville, Indiana, when, when I was, this happened probably when I was about four years old. My dad used to call cologne, uh, he, he told me it was called smell like a man. So I wanted to put some cologne on. So I, I said, uh, I need to get some smell like a man. So he, he kept it up in the medicine cabinet in the bathroom. And, uh, but I was too short to reach the medicine cabinet. So I whipped the medicine cabinet open, jumped up on the vanity, but I didn't realize that medicine cabinet had a real sharp uh, corner to it. So I had this big scar on my head. Um, I have a couple scars, actually. One time my sister dropped me down the stairs in that same house, too, when I was a baby. <laughs> but anyway, so I had to go to the hospital, and I was terrified. As a four-year-old boy, that was uh, terrifying to me to go to the hospital. And that's a big deal. The first time a little kid goes to the hospital and I had to get stitches, and I thought that was like having major operation and getting stitches on your forehead. And I'll never forget, my dad came in, and he opened up the Bible. Put the next verse there up on the screen. He opened up the Bible to Psalm 56.3. Now, let's read that out loud together. Ready? What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And I'll just, I'll never forget as a little four-year-old kid, just the, the calm that that brought to my soul uh, what time I am afraid I will trust in. And my dad prayed with me and he said, we can trust in God. And uh, just that, uh, just want to encourage you dads to, to uh, read the scripture, pray with your kids and comfort them, uh, especially in the time, times of need. Like the, in the storms, trust the Lord. Mark chapter five, verse 36, Jesus said, be not afraid, only believe. And so let's say that verse together one more time. Psalm 56, 3, ready? What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Next point, number four. Number four, in the storms, you can serve the Lord. In the storms, you can serve the Lord. Remember to make sure that you know that you belong to God. So each of us, we represent uh, the King of Kings. We're ambassadors for him. And uh, remember who, who you represent. That verse that we just read in Psalm 27 about waiting on the Lord and being patient, there's a kind of a double meaning there to wait. When, when we think of waiting, it's not just being patient, it's also serving. It's also like a waitress would serve a table or a waiter would serve. Waiting is uh, to serve the Lord, to, be, uh, to serve, to work, uh, to work for the Lord. And I was thinking when I was preparing this, I, there was a, a waitress we were all celebrating a, a birthday party a few months ago, and this waitress came up to us, and she, my mom had made this 
we were just at a fast food place somewhere, but my mom had made this carrot cake for dessert, and the waitress kept coming by and just kept looking at that cake, and she said, wow, that looks really good, and came by. After about the fourth time, my mom said, would you like a piece of that? So they ended up cutting the waitress a, a piece of the cupcake, the, the carrot cake, and uh, I was thinking, you know, that, that waitress, she represented the, that restaurant. I think that happened to be Culver's, so she, she represented Culver's, and uh, however we act, well, whatever we do, we're, we're a representation of Jesus Christ. We're ambassadors for Christ. Uh, he, he's with us. Remember to make sure that you know that you belong to God. In the storms, you can serve the Lord. Put the next verse up there, Galatians 2, verse 20. And uh, this verse, let's read this verse out loud together. Ready? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I underline the words there, with Christ. And this is a very familiar verse to many, but one of the most um, powerful things to me about this verse is that he's with us and that we're with him. And uh, don't ever forget that you belong to God. In the storms, we can serve the Lord. He's with us. We're with him. We're ambassadors for Christ. We represent him. You're not alone. And make sure to never forget he never leaves you, never forsakes you. Number next here, number five. In the storms, learn the lessons of life to comfort and edify others. In the storms, learn the lessons of life to comfort and edify others. Why does God allow us to to have suffering. You know, some of us, some of you, uh, again, I could pass this microphone around the room and each of you could share your story. Some of you are in the middle of severe storms right now. And some of you maybe have, you've weathered storms through the last few decades and some of you have storms coming up. But don't waste your suffering. In the storms, learn the lessons of life to comfort and edify others. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 We'll put that up there. It says, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And so often we uh, go through storms and we're wondering, what, what, what's in it for me or what am I going to get out of this? But maybe the reason that you've, you've been through what you've been through is so you can help other people. God's in control. You belong to God in the storms. Learn the lessons of life to comfort and edify others. Can you think of somebody who has been through storms or someone who has sacrificed and because of their sacrifice, it has helped you or it's benefited you? And I think of a, a famous quote here by missionary Adoniram Judson, if you could put that up there. It says, there is no success without sacrifice. If you succeed without sacrifice, it's because someone has suffered before you. If you sacrifice without success, it's because someone will succeed after. And what a powerful thought. Don't waste your suffering. You say, well, I'm not going through a storm right now, uh, but just remember it's coming and uh, it will come eventually. And uh, are you going to get bitter? When those, when those storms come, decide not to get bitter. Almost done here. Number six, even in the storms, God is good. Even in the storms, God is good. There's a song, even in the valley, God is good. And uh, ask yourself here, uh, do I love the Lord? Let's put the next Bible verse up there, Romans 8, 28, and let's all say that out loud together. Ready? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Brother Howes used to use this verse a lot, going through different things. He even wrote a song about it, and we all used to sing this song together. 
But if you look in the middle of that passage there, it says, all things work together for good to them that love God. And ask yourself, do I love God today? In the storms, we can get bitter or we can get better. And when the storms come, uh, does it affect our attitude? To what's inside that cup? Is it spilling out? Is it spilling out bitterness? Or if the, the storms come and maybe it's something we don't think we deserve or something that's not fair, and ask yourself, am I going to get bitter or am I going to get better? And uh, even in the storms, God is good. Do you love God? Like it says there in Romans 8.28. Dr. Lee Robertson, his life verse was Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Even in the storms, God is good. And then the last thing here, number seven, in the storms, believe in the power of his presence. In the storms, believe in the power of his presence. Moses was up in Mount Sinai and they, uh, the children of Israel were kind of wreaking havoc and God wanted to basically turn his back on his people and Moses uh, had to plead with God and say, please, uh, he said, to God. He said, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not, uh, not up hence. And uh, he pleaded, Moses pleaded on behalf of the people. In Exodus thirty-three fourteen, God said to Moses, he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. And just a few thoughts here. There was a, a song when it comes to uh, this, this thought here about Moses asking God to go with them. Uh, there's a song here that was written by the the man who wrote the song Victory in Jesus, uh, his son wrote, wrote another song. Uh, his son's name was Alan Bartlett. He wrote this song. It says, many years ago, I gave my life to you. I asked, dear Lord, for you to lead in all I do. But now the burden seems so heavy that you've given me to bear. Before I go on any farther, I need to know if you're still there. Lord, if your presence go not with me, I don't want to go. And if your spirit is not leading me, Lord, I need to know. You've placed me here. I'll do your will, your love I'll try to show. But if your presence go not with me, I don't want to go. You've been so good, dear Lord. I don't mean to complain. You've dried each teardrop, calmed the fears, and soothed my pain. And I'm, I'm still willing, Lord, to follow no matter where you lead. I'm only asking for assurance that you'll still be here with me. Lord, if your presence going out with me, I don't want to go. And if your spirit is not leading me, Lord, I need to know. You've placed me here, I'll do your will. Your love I'll try to show. But if your presence going out with me, I don't want to go. He said, my child, there's a place for you. In me, you can't abide. I'm still your friend, your cleft. I'll comfort you. I'm still your faithful guide. I'll keep you safe from all your storms and doubt in me. In me you can confide. I have a special place for you, my child. It's here, close by my side. I'll keep you safe from all your storms and doubt. In me you can confide. I have a special place for you, my child. Stay here, close by my side. In the storms, believe in the power of his presence. And in closing here, the last verse, if you can put the, the verse in Jude up there. Thank God that he never leaves us, he never forsakes us. But we do have, we have a part here. If you look at, there's a passage in Jude. I'm going to turn in my Bible while you look up on the screen. Uh, Jude, in verse 20, it says, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Read verse 21, the first verse there. Ready? Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's our part. We have to keep ourselves in his love, 
But what's his part? Let's read the rest. He's got another part that he does for us. If we keep ourselves, but then it says, let's read together out loud. Ready? Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. So we need to do our part to keep ourselves in the love of God. And God will do his part. To, he's able to keep us from falling. Uh, ask yourselves uh, today, am I going through a storm? And how am I going to handle the storms of life? Number one, in the storms, practice prayer. In the storms, practice patience before you open your mouth. Number three, in the storms, trust the Lord. In the storms, you can serve the Lord. Remember to make sure you know you belong to God. In the storms, learn the lessons of life to comfort and edify others. Even in the storms, God is good. And then in the storms, believe in the power of his presence. Every head bowed, every eye closed.